the blast from our past network. Hey everyone, co-host Corey here. I just wanted to take a quick second and say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Without you, podcasting after dark would not be possible. If you would like to help the show grow, please consider signing up at patreon.com slash podcasting after dark. You can also support the show by purchasing one of our awesome t-shirt designs on our merch store at podcastingafterdark.com or by picking up a copy of Seven Winters Alone by David Irons on paperback, hardback, or Kindle. Just search for Seven Winters Alone on Amazon or click on the link in the show notes. A free way to help out is to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Those reviews are huge for us and really helps get the show in front of new listeners. Again, thank you all so much for the love and support you've given us over these past few years. It really means the world to us. Welcome to our Patreon-exclusive interview series for Podcasting After Dark with your hosts, Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Tonight's interview is with the star of John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness, They Live, and Mortal Kombat. Actor, Peter Jason. You're a, you're, you're a sprightly grandpa. I am pretty good for an old fart. (laughs) I'm still playing playing tennis at 76. I'm very happy to do that. Oh, mazel tov. Tennis and golf and swimming. Those are my three, uh, besides my wife, my three loves. Wow, that's fantastic. (laughs) I love to hear that. Are you you in LA? I am. I'm in West Hollywood. Oh, okay. I'm in Santa Monica. Corey's up in Oregon. Yep. Where? Where in Oregon? Uh, Eugene. Yep. Uh, what's that? Is that the? It, it's where the University of Oregon, the Tracktown USA. Is that the Ducks? Yes, that's the Ducks. Yes, but I'm I'm originally from Maryland, hence the uh, Baltimore Ravens uh, cap. So. Oh, you're from Bomber. Yeah, Charm City. <laughs> did, did you go? Do you used to go down the ocean? Yeah, da- down to the ocean, hon. Down the ocean. I'm going down the ocean. <laughs> yeah, hon. <laughs> you know where Milford Mill is? I sure do. I sure yeah, do. I have a dear friend that uh, was born and raised in Milford Mill. Wow. <laughs> That's her, not... her father, who, who would be like your grandfather's age, yeah. uh, built log canoes. Oh, nice. You ever hear of them? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I used to go play on lakes all the time and canoeing. and very. Log, uh... A log canoe is the oldest, until a couple of years ago, the oldest continual uh, competition sport in America. Oh, wow. I did not know that. That's cool. At one time, there were over a thousand log canoes on the Chesapeake. The rules are you have to cut the tree. Yep. You have to hollow it out and make the log and sail it. It's got these planks you climb out on on your hiking and stuff like that. And uh, the oldest uh, continuous competitive event in America. That's awesome. It got down to only six of them. (laughs) <laughs> because you know you gotta yeah. cut down a tree yeah, yeah. that's gonna kinda, slow me up right there yeah we it weeds out the competition a little bit yeah. <laughs> so uh it's no longer in existence but he has photos of him doing all of that and uh well he's no longer here but his daughter has photos and I miss uh, I miss the East Coast. It's it's beautiful. I used to go to Chincoteague and, and see the horses, uh, you know, go across the, the bay island? and everything. Yep, the island, Assateague Island, and everything. Beautiful. I've only seen beautiful. the documentary. Yeah, the ice is awesome. 
spend my I used to spend my summers there at, at Chingatigan Assateague. It was great. <laughs> I, I used to want a pinto for my birthday. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> a swimming pinto. Yeah, one you could actually ride in in the water. Yep. yep. The the only pinto I'm aware of is the one my mom had. In, in, it was our first car in California, and it was a the door <laughs> fell off. That's a terrible car. <laughs> it's a terrible car. And never and, admit that to anybody. That's one of the. <laughs> That's up there, the Falcon. That's what up there with the Corvair. The Corvair. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I remember those. Those are some bad cars. Edsel. My grandfather worked on the assembly line in for Chrysler back in the day in, out in Detroit. And uh, and so he he refused to buy a Japanese car, you know. Yeah, so did I forever. Yeah. Or, or a German car, you know. Yeah, yeah. Those Nazis. So there, there was... Uh, I, but my dream car always, because I'm old, was a 1952 Lincoln Capri yellow convertible. Oh, nice with a with a Continental kit. Oh my God, it was such Ooh. a great car. Oh, that's awesome. That's a beautiful car. It was gorgeous. Anyway, what are we selling today? <laughs> so, well, look, look. First of all, first of all, I, I just want to say thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thanks it really means a lot. I appreciate that check. I, <laughs> My wife just deposited it this morning. That was great. Yeah, yeah, you remember you got to wait 30 days before it clears. Uh, <laughs> I may not be alive. It could bounce. Now. But uh, Peter, Jason, thank you so much for being on Podcasting After Dark. It's really a pleasure to have you. Well, thank you very much. It's very yeah. light out here, though. Well, I'll tell you, not on a, yeah, this is a, this is a nighttime program, but for the daytime, uh, you know, obviously... Can I swear? Yeah, oh, yes. Of course, yes. It <laughs> is bluer than blue. So uh, I, on our show, we we always do a deep dive on a particular film where we where we where we go scene by scene through that movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For better or worse, usually for better. <laughs> and uh, we've covered actually a couple of movies that feature you. Well, I'm usually in one scene. <laughs> Well, I will tell you, Dreamscape, uh, the movie, uh, one of the movies we did. Babcock recently. and Finch. Babcock and Finch. We, we actually never knew made... who was Babcock and who was Finch. That that was one of the things we said on the show. Uh, we kept saying Babcock and Finch, Finch and Babcock. And we actually made a show, uh, a shirt, a t-shirt that says Babcock and Finch, Finch and Babcock. We, we had so much fun with those <laughs> oh, characters. I got to get one of those. <laughs> well, we'll send Mulkey. you one. I talked to Chris Mulkey a lot. And uh, not a lot, but I mean, we were in touch. Yeah. Especially when uh, when our boss uh, died here last week, uh, was it was it two weeks ago? Our right. boss, Babcock and Finch's boss, was oh oh, oh, oh yeah, of um, course, Christopher Plummer, Christopher Plummer, yep, yep, yeah, yeah, rest in peace, yeah, yeah, and and uh, and also the guy who killed uh, Max von Sydow, yes, yeah. yes, uh, yeah. both of those guys, I got to work with two legends in that movie, and uh, it was it was magnificent. I mean, those those are your dream guys, you know. Those are the those are the to me those are the real stars of the movie business. Those guys can do anything, both of them. Well, some might say, you know, you may not hold yourself in that regard, but as far as versatility is concerned, and and well, longevity is concerned, you need to tip your own hat. Well, when I grow up, I'm hoping to get one. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a little, uh, it's got the, the propeller on top. I love that one. That's a beanie. <laughs> and we call those a beanie. Was that from the 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T or something like that? Or Mr. It was a Dr. Seuss movie. Was it Fingers or Islands? <laughs> oh, maybe it was. I don't know. <laughs> but, but yeah, you're right. You worked with 
two screen legends and a young Dennis Quaid at the time, obviously. And, uh, you know, it, 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 for us, that scene is so memorable. <laughs> and your character, Babcock and Fitch, Bab Babcock and Fitch. Who? Which one is it? Fitch. Fitch. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll send you out a T-shirt because uh, because you know. I need that shirt. I, I gotta wear. I gotta wear it the next time I see Lucky. Has little concerts, not little concerts. He has. He's he's got a rock group and uh, oh, cool. kind of a folk rock. And they play all around the area. And he he usually invites me. The next time I get an invitation, I'm gonna wear that shirt. Oh, that's awesome! That's that blow his mind. He 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 and I first met uh, on the Long Riders. Oh, great! Yeah. Uh, if you saw that movie, he was the the rob the rob a the rob a stagecoach. Yep. And uh, he was the he was the guy in the stagecoach who was trying to protect the young woman who they made take your clothes off and they made <laughs> made him take all of his clothes off and before they took the money and everybody's rings and everything they made him take his clothes off. Start naked and then they ride and then they ride off. <laughs> the James game. James Gang had a sense of humor. <laughs> well, Walter Hill had a sense of humor. I mean, you've you've uh I mean you've worked with actually two of our favorite directors, Walter Hill and John Carpenter specifically. Uh just phenomenal, phenomenal filmmakers in their own right. And the the quality of films you've done are are outstanding. The Long Riders is a is a classic Western. Um, you know, there's not too many Westerns out there that are on the on the American side, it's usually a lot of great Italian ones uh, of of the eighties, and I'm talking specifically of the late seventies and early eighties. Yeah, I think he was a student of Peckinpah as well, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, that that uh, that movie just didn't happen. Ten years before that movie was started to be made, uh, we did the play off Broadway. It was called Jesse James, a musical, <laughs> star starring James Keach and. Uh, uh, Max Gale. Wow. Max Gale from Taxi. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and I was Robert Pinkerton, son of one of the Clancy brothers, Tom Clancy of the Clancy brothers hmm. and Perry uh, King. We were the wow. Pinkerton, we were the Pinkerton family and we were in charge of uh, going after uh, the, the, the James gang after they robbed the bank. It was a musical on stage at the Bowery Lane Theater in uh, the uh, uh, Lower East Side, you know. Was it in the vein of Annie Get Your Gun? No, Annie Get Your Gun was a little, uh, a little more thrill. Yeah, <laughs> this was in, this was more in the vein of uh, hair. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> or, except nice. everybody kept their clothes on. It was, it was down and dirty, you know. It was yeah, uh, yeah. They told they told the Jesse James story with some beautiful songs in it. There was one song. There's a there's a. Uh, and the river bends, bah, 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 bah. will you follow me? Will you follow me? Beautiful song that James sings to uh, uh, whatever his wife's, future wife's name was. But uh, that was a great song. And, and Stacy Keach produced it with Judy Collins. Judy Collins, uh, they were our producers. And that's how I met Stacy, my, probably my oldest friend. Uh, and he and I remained friends ever since. We played golf oh, once a week. We used to play tennis once a week until his knees went. Uh, <laughs> now we play golf once a week. <laughs> but uh, family, you know, family. You can, you can, you can uh, uh, describe my entire career in one word: family. Hmm. I came from a big family, big loving family with loving parents, and the directors that I've continued to be with. 
John Carpenter, eight movies, uh, Walter Hill, 14, uh, Frank Marshall, six. Yeah. Uh, these guys are guys that create a family and they, 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 they bring the, they keep bringing the family together. And even if you're new to the family, to come back on another member, on another film with the family, you have to be a part of the family. You have to support the family. You have to help the family get through this deal, this ordeal. Yeah. yeah. And uh, sometimes it's very tough. Sometimes you're working against um, uh, corporations, weather, uh, stars. <laughs> you know, sometimes there's lots of egos. There's lots of problems in making this thing, and, and to create a family in the process of doing that is uh, is an art. And those three guys are artists. Yeah, no, we we oh. have, we love we love John Carpenter on the show, and uh, an absolute blast with with you know Prince of Darkness and and everything. We actually uh, Zach and I got to see a, a screening of Prince of Darkness at the. The the church that's now I guess turned into um, I was there. The, yeah oh oh nice that, like it was I, like about five I years ago or something Sandy yeah Sandy yeah. and I went down and did a uh, like a hi, hi goodbye thing a Q and A or whatever yeah. it was I'm not sure if it was before the movie or after the movie but it was at the church and they changed the church a little yeah the, the upstairs was uh, now a balcony where you sat I think yeah. And we yeah. walked through some dark curtains and we stood in the parking lot and uh, uh, it was weird. It was a, it was a strange, it's a weird <laughs> church, you know. Like it I, is. I kept, but the, kept looking around the corner to see if Alice Cooper was still hanging out there down the, <laughs> down the aisle, you know. And okay. that, that movie holds up so well to today, you know, and so, and so does They Live. I mean, both of those movies just hold up so well. They Live, well. you know, They Live is like a newsreel today. I know. Yeah. It's a little true to life. A little way too close you yeah. know, to the bone. And in those days, Carpenter used to say, I like to think of the ghouls as Republicans. <laughs> John. I didn't know he was Nostradamus. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I was going to say, you know, um, uh, as Dr. Paul Leahy, you, you come in and uh, you've got a classic scene for me where you're playing the air trumpet. <laughs> right. Is that what I do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, John, I was, I was, he's, John said, and, and I want you doing everything. I want you juggling an apple, popping it off your arm. I want you smoking a cigarette. Yeah. I want you getting candy. I want you doing that. And also play your, play your lip. And, and, uh, <laughs> okay. And we did a take and I went, or something like that. Uh, I played some known song, you know, and, uh, and whatever it was, right. Yeah. And John said, on take two, he said, Nothing anybody we have to pay for. Nothing. nothing oh yeah. <laughs> I don't want anyone to recognize this song. No rights. <laughs> but what a great scene and what an important scene in such a bleak movie to have. Like we both love that scene. We both uh, you know have fun with it and everything. But it's so necessary in such a you know a dark movie to have these moments of levity in it. Yeah, I like to say that was my fault. <laughs> take full credit slash point for that hey, john's not here right <laughs> yeah you can do whatever john you want pops out from around the corner <laughs> smoking a cigarette that's the moment 
<laughs> what do you mean I'm not here? <laughs> and then it turns out to be my son. No. Uh, yeah, no, you know, I, I had the opportunity to interview Eric Roberts a little while back. Oh! And, he, and he talked about the trumpet noise that he made because he had a tremendous stutter when he was first started acting. And uh, his acting coach to warm up his vocals would say, you know, speak with a high pitched voice. Oh, like this all the time. And blah, 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 right. And he said, this is ridiculous. And then uh, and they started doing the trumpet noise, which kind of helped loosen up the vocal cords and it stuck. And he did it in his movie, uh, Best of the Best. And, and so he and I had a trumpet off and then I just got to do a trumpet off with you. So my bucket list is officially closed. <laughs> <laughs> I one time answered a call. It was a low time in my life. I was in New York making nothing. And uh, I'm looking in through the, uh, uh, you know, hire me ads in the in the yep. local reporter or variety or whatever it was. And one little ad said, looking for human instruments, people who play. <laughs> and I went, oh, I mean, like, uh, I said, oh, I played the trumpet. So I called the number in Brooklyn and I said, hi, I'm uh, I play cornet. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everybody plays the trumpet. I play cornet. And uh, it's really how do you know? I went. Oh, that's great. Can you come over to our meeting at, uh, at, 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 at 11 o'clock tomorrow in, in, in Brooklyn? And we go to, oh, you're great. You're in the band. You're uh, I said, uh, do you pay? Oh, yeah, we're going to get together. We're going to make some money. And, uh, okay. You know, and, and uh, when the time came for me to go, I went, you know, I don't want to go to Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> I want to stay broke. I don't want to go play my lip in Brooklyn. Because, you know, it doesn't sound like there's a dime in this thing. It was before Brooklyn became a hipster uh, hangout, right? <laughs> had, I, had I known... Yeah. Prince of Darkness was going to be the my trumpet <laughs> debut. I could have spawned a whole uh, career. Uh, well, you've obviously done more with John besides Prince and besides They Live, but specifically those movies uh, for Corey and I hold such a, a special place because they were so. His whole body of work is unique. His whole body of work is very. Um, you know, there's not one movie where you go, oh, that movie's just like this. And, you know, he obviously shies away from sequels. Thank you very much. That's a good thing, in my opinion. Invisible um, Man. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he's, he's uh, you know. He's, Village he's got, of the Damned. And you're, actually, you don't have many lines in that film. In Village of the Damned? Oh, I got a few. I come back from Japan and my wife's pregnant. Oh, that's right. I've been but gone you look, for a year. I got so a couple you, of lines. What the? Hmm. <laughs> going on here you know you can swear on our show don't worry <laughs> oh shoot what's been going on here? you had a full beard in that in village of the damned um, I did? yeah yeah and i remember when i saw you you look very much like my stepdad at the time and i'm seeing you on screen i'm like that look cedar jason looks like my step Whoa, sunny. Really weird you don't mind if dad? I it, sunny dad, <laughs> dad. oh no, i'm not giving you five dollars <laughs> anyways uh it's, it's slow so i apologize for the digression but um I but digressions it's the only thing i know oh i'm good at it i'm cory knows Where were we? well we were on the mississippi uh -huh. <laughs> but going back to uh prince of darkness you know you, you filmed that in that church and 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 you took a pretty mean uh hit at one point in that movie 
right? Did you did you injure your shoulder or? I like did. When you were, yeah, we're when you were cold. we're trying to escape the room. I must have told that story at the uh, at the church. Yeah, yeah, you did. I thought I'd bring it up, but because I saw that door again, and uh, <laughs> so they nailed it shut. You know, nailed it shut. So it wasn't going anywhere. And uh, uh, John said, "No, hit that, hit that door." So because you guys are trying to escape, follow me. <laughs> that shoulder's still. Uh, thank God it's not my tennis shoulder. You know, <laughs> but I do boy, oh boy. throw the ball up that way. It's like that's uh, yeah. That's, I, I never do my stunts. I never do my own stunts because I, I learned early on. When I think when I was doing a gun smoke. And, uh, this guy, uh, I had to do this. I was a young cocky kid and, you know, I had to do this fight with, uh, Robert Sorrells and uh, Roy Jensen, big Roy Jensen. And they, they met me on the staircase and I had to, and they beat me up. Right. So, uh, and I was supposed to, you know, you know, if you don't do what we say, and, uh, I go crying to my dad, hey, beat me up. And uh, so it comes time to do this fight scene. And I said, uh, director came over and said, you, you ready to do the fight scene? I said, yeah, sure. You have any problem with it? I said, no, I played football in college. I yeah. And he walks away. He said, great. And he walks away. And big Roy Jensen walks over and said, did he ask you to do the stunt? And I said, <laughs> yeah. Like, what the hell do you care? You know, kind of. I said, yeah. He said, let me tell you. First of all, you're taking the bread out of somebody's mouth. Hmm. Second of all, you could get hurt. Take the bread out of all of our mouths. Mm-hmm. And thirdly, I got a guy standing right over there, looks just like you, was trained to make you look better than you could yourself. And it was the way he said it, kind of like, you know. And I went, oh, well, great. Well, thanks for the info. You know, <laughs> and I walked away, right? Oh, how am I going to get out of this? I already told the director without looking like a putz and a pussy. How am I going to get out of this? Walk over to the director and said, so uh, about this uh, fight, uh, how many times are we going to have to do this? And the director looked at me like I was a moron and said, well, until we get it, you know. I said, oh, so maybe more than once we'll all have to fall. And he said, yeah, we got a problem with that? I said, well, you know. He said, oh, don't worry about it. Uh, Bob, get over here. Get the stunt guys over here. Like that, you know. Wow. I had some guy do it four or five times, you know, and uh, fall down the stairs and and make it look like uh, I was really uh, tough. <laughs> ever since then, every movie I've ever been in, I've never had to do my own stunts, except in Prince of Darkness. Uh, uh, I did my own little, it wasn't even a stunt. It was just, oh, try no. to, all I had to do was fake it, like, you know, you're supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I went, bang! Uh. <laughs> Yeah, you're not you're not having a six minute fight scene with uh, Roddy Piper and uh, they live. So yeah, is that how long it went? Yeah. Pretty much, it's about five minutes, a little over five minutes. I heard it was the yeah. longest fight scene in the history. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you just had a you had just had a one second fight scene with an inanimate object. So I lost. <laughs> I lost. <laughs> you you took that advice for so damn long from Gunsmoke, right? And then and then here you are. Still here. Everything still works. I'm still playing. (laughs) I mean, and and I have to say, you know, that I have to point out the fact that, yeah, you've been in this business for a really long time. We're talking late 60s, right? So mid to late 60s. Years, I think. Yeah. 
50, uh, I started, my first job was a Red Skelton show. Yeah. Wow. In 1967. Wow. Amazing. 77, 97, 107, 117. Yeah, 50, uh, five, four years. <laughs> where am I? Wait, where do I stand and what do I say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it must be the fact that, you know, you've had this, I call it God's frosting, by the way, the silver hair, as we like to call it. Or- God's frosting. God's frosting. I call it seagull shit. I got this seagull shit. <laughs> it's God's frosting. God's frosting. I like that. Bless you, my son. This is God's frosting. <laughs> I used to be a kindergarten teacher back in the day. You and, were. Uh, yeah, for 15 years. And Oh, my uh, God. So you're good with kids. I, I had my moments. <laughs> <laughs> Especially during the pandemic, I've I've. I was a, a recreation director for uh, four years. I had 50, 60 kids every afternoon on the playground down, down in Newport, and I love I love kids. I have a great I'm great with kids, and I can see you are too, except with your own. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, wait, where's Dad? Where's my chips? <laughs> too many rules there with that kid of yours. Where's the, uh, where's the freedom? You can wait the freedom. You know. I I used to I used to think working with kids was what kept me young in a way and and then sometimes it's you know the flip of it uh depending on what kind of kids you get but uh any kid you know any kid wants to be a kid yeah you know and I was told by a great acting teacher one time that you should be childlike not Mm. childish childlike Good actors are childlike. And the great ones that I've worked with love to play. I did the show yeah. with Helena Bonham Carter. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's such a bad girl. But she's, <laughs> she just loves to play. <laughs> I don't care what she's doing. She's playing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, speaking of Prince of Darkness, which is probably why we joined this, the festivities here, uh, Donald Pleasance. I don't remember the big gooey green slime that's going around. And he's got this whole speech about how from the bowels of hell, the thing would turn and went and God and King. You know, that whole speech he has. There's oh, yeah. one of us on the, on the reverse coming up. First of all, it's on him. He does this whole serious. And then God, and the devil. And, the, and then they turn it around and the camera's on us. All, all six or seven or eight of us. I don't know how many other bunch of us. And it's on us. And it's doing like a pan and a close up and a two shot and a whatever. He's getting all of us while he's giving his speech. And the whole time he's doing it, he's going, I did, I, I, yeah. <laughs> he's making faces and we're supposed to be dead serious. You know, I was like, come on, Donald. We were good to you. we talk we talk about on when we review these movies it's like a lot of times you know even if the movie is is somber or whatever but like you can sense the fun behind the scenes like some movies you can just sense the camaraderie and sense the fun and we do believe that it elevates a lot of movies to the next level to have that that energy that lightning in a bottle energy you know it's called a play yeah yeah exactly you know, you think people forget that nowadays? I think people think it's always oh, very important. We're making a very important movie here. <laughs> really? What? What? You mean we're going to have a, a, a pink popcorn? You're going to sell? How important is it? 
people are dying over here and whatever, you know, uh, yeah. in Texas, they're freezing to death. And, oh, but we're making our, our And, you know, and, and some movies are important, but some movies are, are nice and, uh, you know, uh, you know, you need escapism too, right? From all the important horribleness in the world. In the dramas, oh. it's always funny backstage. <laughs> comedies it's always tragic backstage of course it's like you, you got to get you got to do the yin and the yang you got to keep that balance yeah a lot of plays that were like uh <clears throat> you know lower depths no but serious plays and uh backstage was all grab ass all you know i got for that mouth <laughs> you know, everybody is like playing with each other all the time it was like we did this one one movie called Return to Zero with Alfred Molina and uh, uh, um, and it was about a child who, uh, a, a stillborn, right? It doesn't get more serious than that. Yeah, geez. And backstage, <laughs> like comedy. <laughs> just off camera, everybody was just playing the whole time because you have to bring yourself back to some kind of livable state of, of yeah. normalcy, of, of, totally. of balancing the... Uh, the id but well you th and that's the thing too you you've done so many films that what well, you've done every genre i think uh pretty much known to man and you know and everything from uh big budget over the top you know uh action movies or the jurassic park for example uh down to you know like something like mortal Kombat, if you will <laughs> yeah <laughs> mortal Kombat. i'll tell you that was the uh... We shot my scene in a garage down in Long Beach near uh, where a parking garage down near the Queen Mary, right? And you park for the, go to visit the Queen Mary. Yeah, I know exactly where that is. And uh, we we had to, he, 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 I'm sitting in the chair, you know, my sunglasses. And, uh, and uh, Johnny Cage comes over and, and I give him the scroll to go fight. And then I get up and I walk off and Carrie walks the other way and disappears into, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we morph. Yeah. 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 It was like one of the first times ever morphing took place. This, yep. this is before the Schwarzenegger morphs and the, uh, you know, and, and, and so nobody knew how to do it. So what happens is you shoot a blank piece of film. Then you shoot me walking through. Then you shoot him walking through. And then you shoot a blank piece of film. And then you put all four films together and you erase until they meet, right? So that's the way they did it. And uh, nobody knew how to make it fit exactly like on step. So we tried it several different ways. They brought in a metronome that went like this. So when we walked, we walked and talked and did it like this. So I'm the beat. And nothing, nothing worked. And finally, I said to Carrie, I said, you see that bubblegum spot on the floor? I said, I'm going to hit that on my 10th step. Okay? Make sure you're coming and you hit that on your 10th step, and we should be good to go. We did a one take. Boom. It was in sync. The guy said, perfect. Great. Moving on. And, and wow. It was like, you know, 
being a kid again. I go down to that Studebaker, turn left, and I'll hit you along. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's such a great effect. Like, it, it's – and now morphine and effects like that are still are kind of standard. But, like, you can see when it messes up. And honestly, in yours, it's one of the best, like, sync-ups, like, I've ever seen in one of these the morph movies. And it's, it's well, funny it's that that – sound effect with it as well. Yeah. You know, it, it really wash, works. You know, yeah. Kind of, kind of like you wash the guy out and – I don't know who, yeah. who did the music in that. I forget who did the music in that, but it, it was uh, it was a great uh, uh, sound effect. Yeah, well, that 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 was that was my bucket list, and and Zach, thank you for for bringing that one up because <laughs> I was a little too shy to bring it up. But honestly, I love that movie, and every time I see you on screen, you know, it doesn't matter. I, I love you know they live. I love you and all that, but I'm always like Master Boyd, aka Shang Tsung. Every time I see you, I'm like, yeah, hey, and it's hey, just. Hey. <laughs> I, I don't know why I latch, you know, you don't know why you latch on to these things, but you yeah, do. And, yeah. and it's always memorable, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, we've, we've had, uh, we've had quite a few guests on our show and from various walks of screen, you know, from, and, uh, and we interviewed Tom Noonan not that long ago. And I'm a huge Tom Noonan fan and, uh, and remember him from quite a few movies. And, and Corey's like, yeah, from RoboCop part two. And I said, yeah, it's like, whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm sure in, in, in conventions you've gone to or personal appearances, you meet people and they say, oh, I loved you in this movie. And you think, oh, that movie, <laughs> <laughs> Mortal Kombat, really? <laughs> but that's, but that's the thing that we talk about on our show is that, you know, these movies are made uh, with, with, with with a huge crew, sometimes not. Sometimes it's a skeleton crew, but people make these movies, whether it's a good movie or a bad movie. And for someone to go out and appreciate it, I think that's got to be, uh, you know, that, that's got to feel good, whether the movie was a quality film or not. Well, I always, I always refer to, I said, that's why they serve menus. You know, yeah. I'll have the cheeseburger. Really? Well, I'm having the liver and onions. Liver and onions? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Everybody's got a little, you know, a little different tweak of taste. Yeah. <clears throat> Mine, of Not... course, is the right one, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but that brings me to my next question is, was there, have there been films in your career that stand out to you where you go, man, I really love that movie or, you know, uh, that was, that, that was a lot of fun. Obviously you've had a lot of fun on set, but is there anything that in I particular- I had a lot of fun in a lot of movies, Long Riders, uh, uh, 48 Hours, uh, Cheech and Chong's Nice Dreams was a blast. But uh, recently I did this little movie called The Ascent. Okay. And uh, 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 Perry, our director, uh, said I, grew, I played a, a, it was like an, uh, like Max von Sydow in, in The Exorcist, right? Okay, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the priest and- uh, Oh, nice. Skeleton crew, small little movie. But showing up every day, and I had these big speeches, and a lot of them were religious in, in nature, and a lot of them were from the Bible, and some of them were, 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 were satanic. It was like uh, some of them were in, in Latin. A lot of big speeches that I just like, oh, my God, how am I going to memorize this crap, you know? And uh, uh, But I did because I was so into it. I was, so, I was loving doing it so much and playing with all the people that were there. The cinematographer's a great guy, and... Uh, 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 my, my, my assistant priest, uh, uh, Spain, uh, what's his first name? Doug Spain, uh, 
he still he still calls me we call each other on occasion and go father father you know? <laughs> <laughs> and had so much fun doing this movie and i think oh, i mean it's a little stupid little exorcist movie that took my wife to see it with sandy carpenter by the way the three oh, nice. the three of us went to the okay. premiere of it over on hollywood boulevard and uh, actually it's on sunset boulevard at, a, at uh whatever that theater's called and, and at the egyptian no it's on sunset or, it's uh, called, oh, sorry called the um for cinerama dome arc light no, it's, it's 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 in a building it's a uh it's a kind of a uh boutique theater oh yeah 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 okay, one, okay. Uh, across the street from that big nightclub anyway um yes the comedy club sit yeah down there and uh we're watching uh we got their popcorn we got our free popcorn and our free drink and we're sitting there waiting for it to start and i'm looking at my wife like oh my this could be hang on and we started watching <laughs> the movie and it's over and both sandy carpenter and my wife turned to me and went it's really good <laughs> You know, and I went, it was. <laughs> I mean, like, wow. That was like, man. So sometimes when you when you when you when you have no idea what you're doing, when you think you're having fun and you're having fun, it just kind of all falls together. Then other times when you go and see it, like the Deadwood movie. Yeah. Uh we had so much fun for three years doing Deadwood. It was like the greatest. And then we oh, all yeah. we all got together ten years later to do the Deadwood movie and would put a piece together and we went. You know, I just I was I was disappointed because the thing about that doing Deadwood, it was like all the characters were involved in this town, and it was a movie about all these characters. And you said they want to pop up, and they want to pop up, and want to pop up, and want to pop. There was a through line, and there were stars and stuff like that. But there was a family. You know, yeah. when you saw the movie, it was like there were some stars and a bunch of incidental characters who might have well been extras. You know, mm-hmm. nobody got any play. And uh, that happens. And that was something that was like, pe- people were like, you know, obviously waiting for that Deadwood, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, the fans were, were like clamoring for it. And sometimes it's just hard to to recapture that lightning in a bottle, you know, that was we Deadwood. All there. We shot all the stuff. We were all excited to do it. Everybody's having a great time. It couldn't have been more fun for all of us. And then the boys upstairs got a hold of it and cut it, mm-hmm. their movie together, you know. And their movie was like, uh, movie of the week, big deal. Uh, so what? Who cares? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's tough too with with a television series that has such a longevity and such a heart to it. Because Deadwood, you know, you you grew to love all these characters on the show, and so, then you do a one off. See, to do a one off, you got to. It's not. There's no commercials. It's yeah. HBO. You can do it for as long as you want. It could be a four hour movie. You could have yeah. a break in the middle. You can do lots of things, but you can play all all the stuff you shot. You yeah. can actually use because the audience wants to see those characters. They just do. They fell in love with all these characters. Yeah. And now you just cut it. Anyway, enough negativity about Deadwood. <laughs> and I love being a part of that whole thing. And I love David Milch for writing it and being there every day to discuss the scene, what we're going to do that he wrote the night before with all the actors. It was the greatest experience probably of my whole career. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say I, we appreciate you saying enough with the negativity because we you know we the the movies that we discuss on time on podcast after dark sometimes people can make fun of but we don't do that we try to find the love we try to find the fun in every movie big or small and uh, I I 
my question is, do you have a particular genre that is your favorite to work within horror, Western sci-fi or, or does it not matter? Is it more about, you know, the people that you're working with? You're going to find this bizarre, but musical. (laughs) And uh, then I was told by this famous actress that you can't split careers. You're either a singer or an actor. And so I stopped singing and I just started acting. And I just acted in TV and movies for the next 45, 50 years. And uh, I've never done any musical uh, movies, but I've done a lot of musical plays early on in my career. And uh, when I see Jack Black playing that mortician uh, in... uh, with Shelley Winters in Texas. It's a true story. Oh yeah. Gosh. What's the name of that movie? Uh, yeah. He was great in that. He opens singing in a car to the music and the radio, you know, yeah, singing yeah. Away. So he crazy. sings in every scene he's in. Yeah. You know, yeah. Having more fun. And I mean, it, it was just such a great character that he created. <laughs> Even the way he walked, the way he just minced away around with this little guy. <laughs> who just murdered uh, <laughs> and stuck in a freezer. Uh, he was, he was just wonderful and singing the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Couldn't get enough of that one. I just love that uh, 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 <laughs> movie. And I'd like to do stuff like that. That would be my, that would be my dream thing. Every time I start to sing around John, of course, he tells me to shut up. <laughs> Play the trumpet. Play the trump yeah. musical trumpet song. You play the trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I, you I know you were car. singing, I had Orson Welles Cadillac for 22 years. He he didn't pay me money on the other side of the wind, so I took his car, which was a 19, <laughs> 1970 Caddy Converter, Coupe de Ville. Really beautiful car. If you saw uh, uh, Body Bags, it's the mm. car that I, that Molly Molly uh, Cheeks and I drive into the gas station where Bobby Carradine works, and yeah. uh, uh, John calls me and says, "I need your car." And I said, oh, great. What are we doing? He said, no, no, no. I need your car. And I said, well, well I, I'm driving, right? I'm, what are we doing? He said, no, you're not in it. I need your car. And I said, well, it's my car and I drive it and nobody else does. So you want, you want me too. No, you're not in it. I said, yes, I am. Oh, you don't get in my car. And this went off back and forth. Finally goes, all right, you're driving in and that's all you're doing. You're driving Molly in. And uh, you, you come and we get to the set. It's out in Lancaster somewhere. And I said, what are we doing? He said, you're driving Molly and she's sitting next to you in the car. You come racing into this gas station. You slam on the brakes. You skid up to the gas tank laughing, uh, you know, having a great time. You're partying. You're having a good time. Okay, fine. That's all he told us. The crew's all scattered around and everything. I come flying in with the caddy, and, and it's my car. I've been driving for 20 years. Well, I know this car. I yeah. drive this car. And I come flying in a little too fast, right next to the... Uh, and just before we're in camera frame, Molly takes her head and goes down in my lap. Oh. <laughs> and I slam it. Right? I'm laughing. I'm laughing. And I slam to a stop, and her head pops up. <laughs> well, it was hysterical. I'm laughing. The entire crew is howling because <laughs> nobody knew that was going to happen. I was just all Molly, including me. I didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> <Popping out. laughs> Where are we? 
said, oh, my God. He said, that's the greatest. That's he says, Do that again. I mean, this time, nobody laugh, okay? I know. <laughs> so we did it again. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was a great moment. <laughs> well, that segment I, in Body Bags is fantastic, too. Yeah, it's it's yeah. probably out of the, you know, because I think there's, what, three or four uh, from the from that film. And that one stands out for sure because it's, it's just so wacky and fun. And, yeah, there's you know. three of them. There's a, uh, David Warner, a good friend of mine, yeah. and Stacy Keach are in the one with the hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the hair is growing out of them. <laughs> and uh, Mark. Mark Hamill. Uh, he did yep. the one that uh, Toby Hooper directed. Yeah, yeah with the eyeball, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I love that the car has a, it's got a contract that says, you cut, if you hire the car, you get Peter Jason with it. <laughs> it's got, he's driving it. I've been using a few, a few commercials and things that friends of mine have asked to use it, but uh, John's the only one I said, no, you're making this, I'm, I'm in it. <laughs> and, uh, a friend of mine asked to use it in a commercial. I said, sure. He said, how much do you want? I said, well, paint it and a uh, new upholstery. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that, I had that car for 22 years before I oh, let it go. When the gas got to be $5 a gallon, I let it go. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but it, uh, do you remember what movie you were working on where you, that's how you got paid for? <laughs> yeah. The other side of the wind. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. last movie, which was just released last year. Frank. Oh, that's right. It was yeah. the AD. And everybody else in the movie's dead except me and uh, uh, Peter Bogdanovich and uh, Neil Canton. Hmm. But uh, everybody <laughs> it starred John Huston, Orson Welles directing, Cameron Mitchell, Lily Palmer, Susan Strasberg, Edmund O'Brien, Jack Nicholson, Dennis Hopper, Bertolucci. All these people were in it. I mean, it was like incredible. I thought I'd died and gone to actor's heaven. Frank Marshall was the AD on it. Bogdanovich oh, wow. had loaned Frank to Orson to do this little movie in, in Arizona. Wow. And uh, so we were several months out in Cave Creek, Arizona, and never paid me. So uh, years <laughs> later, I went up to his house on Stanley and went, Orson, I need some money. <laughs> $32,000. Oh, that's a lot of money. Yes, it is. Take the car, Peter. Take the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Car worth. Gary, how much is a car worth? Six grand. I now owe you 24. 26. <laughs> Whatever, Peter. Take the car. <laughs> and I took it. <laughs> I needed a and uh, it lasted for 22 years until some kid from San Diego State. Uh, my wife said, "Get rid of that car, please." I said, "Okay." He, he came up and he uh, first guy first guy out of the box. He came up and said, "Eight grand, okay, fine, I'll take it." Said, well, you know, this was Orson Welles' car. He went, "Who?" Oh no! God no! No! Engineer from San Diego State who uh, never heard of it. Yeah, you said you looked at him and said, "Clearly, you're not a golfer." (laughs) (laughs) My my, uh, I had an agent one time who was 
told him this story. I told him, what have you done? And I tell him, well, you know, I died in John Wayne's arms in my first movie in Rio Lobo. And then I did yeah. this and I did Clint Eastwood and I did a movie with Meryl Streep and Sean Penn and I did another thing with Baba DeVivit. And he goes, uh, uh, John Wayne, you know, I told my son about uh, John Wayne. And uh, he said, who? Jeez. My God. I forget. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, my, my, my son who's six and, and obviously, uh, I'm a big fan of the eighties cause I'm a child of the eighties. I'm a child of the late seventies, early eighties, Corey and I both. And, and so we cherish the movies that we love and we look up to the actors in those films and admire them, you know, and, and those filmmakers. Uh, but we're both students of film. We both, you know, went to school for that back in the day. And I took a left turn going my way and he took a right turn going his and we wound up in each other's paths, which is great. But, you know, uh, the, the generations that are lost on on some of these icons, it's, it's, such, it's such a shame because I played the War of the Worlds um, audio program wow. for uh, a student that I that I tutor because he had he was he he's a big science fiction fan. And uh, and I said, well, you got to you got to got to hear this it's the best thing ever you know and he's like when was this made and is it a podcast and i go no it's not a podcast War or something? when was that made <laughs> war of the worlds you know <laughs> what, uh, is that the uh uh the orson wells uh yeah spoof yeah yeah or the or the the radio one right the radio, the radio drama. Play, 34 you know? is that made in 34 i, I think so was, yeah i think yeah. it was uh one of the guys on uh, on the other side of the wind he brought in a bunch of different characters to play different parts and one of them was this little st- a little stand-up comic named Benny Rubin, a little mm. Jewish comic from the Alps, from the, from the what they call the Jewish Alps, the uh, uh, the Catskills, a uh, comic, you know, a comedian. He was like 80, a little mm. tiny guy, Benny Rubin. And uh, I'm sitting around having lunch one day on the set, and he says, you know, I first met uh, Orson. He, we were doing this uh, uh, show, uh, this radio show called, uh, well, you know, it was Orson's radio show. I forget the name of it. Uh, <laughs> he goes... And we do uh, radio uh, dramas, uh, uh, you know, and I played little parts and little things. He picked me up. And, and my, my job was to say the lines of peanuts, popcorn, cracker jacks, candy, peanuts, popcorn, cracker jacks, candy. That's all I say in a, in a piece. So we had a rehearsal. We went through the whole thing. Orson's a star. And we're reading through the whole thing. And uh, when we finish, uh, just before we start the taping of the deal, uh, Orson turns and hands me his script, and, t- I, and I t- he takes mine and says, you're reading the lead, I'm reading uh, Peanuts, Popcorn, Crackety, I can't. <laughs> I was terrified. I didn't know what to do. I had to read the whole starring role and the whole thing. I said, how did, how did it turn out? I said, oh, that was great. Yeah, it's funny that um, uh, people will uh, well, it's a, it's a shame, and hopefully we can keep things alive by reminding them that there there are these icons that they can look into and yeah. and rediscover. John Wayne is not just a, a an article in Playboy that he gets spread all over the news forty years later. You know, he's he's an iconic action hero before there were action heroes. You know, well, and, and, thank uh, you, little buddy, for bringing that up. <laughs> <Appreciate> <laughs> <laughs> and he's not just the name of an airport and uh you know, Perfect. but i was going to tell you uh, so we had um we had william sadler on um a while back and, and he talked about, he talked really about nice uh, fantastic and he talked about playing and loving to play as an actor and how much fun it is 
And he talked about making a movie with Steven Seagal and how that was an experience. And he told the funny story. Fun. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Oh, no fun. (laughs) And I was going to say you did Mark for Death with him. And then it must have been an experience. Glimmerman. I worked for him twice. (laughs) Glimmerman. (laughs) (laughs) You came back for some more pain, I guess. This is a very positive show, right? (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. So we don't, Try, tries we don't to talk make. about people who work alone. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I work alone. I think <laughs> well, there's two words we hate work and alone. <laughs> and you do both. I think what, what he pointed out too uh, in his interview, and I think what you pointed out as well, is that this idea of like just have fun with what you're doing, yeah. you know, not take things too seriously. Well, ego is a horrible thing. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible thing to waste, uh, you know. It's, and and uh, this, I've heard ego, e g o, edging God out, Ooh. which is like uh, okay, I get it. Yeah, you know, it's like yep. Uh, and ego is a, is a disaster. When I'm thinking only about me, I'm not helping anybody. No. Nope. When I'm think when I'm when I'm helping you, I'm thinking about everybody. You know, and I can't take, and I can't get nervous. I can't, I know ego is like, helps you get through the nerves and get you through whatever. But if you're, if you're trying to be of service, you're trying to help people, trying to help somebody, you're, you're, there is no ego involved. You aren't thinking about yourself. You're not thinking about me, 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 me. You know, it's like us, 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 you know, how can I, how can I make this group uh, better? How can I make the whole thing better? And movies are like a collaborative family effort. At, at you oh, know, everyone should be collaborative. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, it's got to be. I've never been afraid to tell people. Uh, I'm in a casting session, you know, and I'll say, uh, "Oh God, I'd love to play this part." I said, "But you know, Keith Carradine would be perfect for this part." And the casting director, I see him go, "Oh my God, you're absolutely right, Peter. Oh my God, thank you, thank you." And and you know, I don't, I'm not going to get it anyway because I'm not right for this part. I know that in my head. I want it. I'd like to get it. I like, I'll do it. I'll be happy to do it. And I've done jobs like that that I was wrong for. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they were fun still. I got paid and I still had a good time. But, you know, they weren't my best performances. And I was wrong for the part. But that person, that casting director will get Keith Carradine, you know, and, and, and he'll come in and he'll be right for the part. And he'll do great and everything. But the casting director goes, oh, yeah, Peter Jason told me. So somewhere down the line, she's going to think of me. Or he's going to think of me and uh, and throw me a bone or or whatever, but it's I didn't do it for that reason. Yeah. Although it resulted in my longevity in my career. The more you help people, the more you help people. That's all. Totally. Yeah. Then you help yourself. Well, you help the show. You help the business. You help the career. You help the whole trip. Rather than uh, give me, give me, give me. What's in it for me? What's in it for me? I, I, w- I wish more people had that mentality. I do too. It'd be a lot more fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, anyway. Yeah, coming on our show and doing this is fun. I hope it's been fun for you. Not at all. And but (laughs) clearly, (laughs) but but you you mentioned you mentioned you know working with guys like Walter Hill and John Carpenter and and then it's family, right? And 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 you've done and obviously they you do a movie with them, they put you in another one, or you you're the right role, you're the right fit for that role that they use you in in that movie. You know, I think of every so many fantastic films on Carpenter's side we've already mentioned, but like. 
you know, Walter Hill with, like you said, 48 hours. And I think of uh, Johnny Handsome, which I think is a very underrated uh, flick and, you know, Red Heat, Streets of Fire, which is one of my personal favorites as yeah. well, outside of the Warriors, you know, and, and, and I just think it's so great that these, that these directors that you have this family connection with them. And, and I love that you use that word family, because that really reminds you that that's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> yes. Mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> we made Peter Jason cry. <laughs> sobbing. I do also want to point out really quickly, you 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 kind of gave me this look when we were talking about Village of the Damned with this facial hair. And I want to see if you can see that. Oh, oh yeah, there he is. <laughs> Young and pretty. Ba- back in the day. Hairs, uh, hairs I just had many point- different colors. <laughs> <laughs> must have been mid that that movie career. What's <laughs> mid career? <laughs> that movie, by the way, uh, I think is 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 fairly underrated because it, it is. Uh, All my performances pretty... are fairly underrated. <laughs> well, and the reason why we have you on is because we want to cherish these and champion them. You guys are fantastic. You're both very positive guys. I can see you have a great time doing what you're doing. I was I'm happy to do this for you. I, it's like uh, fun for me because usually it's you. people who uh, know everything and want to, you know. And uh, what about the time you uh, ate your own tongue? And and I said, "Oh, you read about that? Yeah, you know, it's like who cares?" But actually, you guys are film fans who actually enjoy doing what you're doing. I love to be a part of it. So, thanks for letting me join you. This was an unbelievable honor. Seriously, you you have no idea. This was a huge honor for for both of us. I'm going (laughs) to check everything I said. (laughs) No, I mean it. (laughs) It was all a lie. (laughs) <laughs> in fact i'm if i got the part okay <laughs> but uh mr jason thank you it's a pleasure having you on and uh we'll, we'll talk to you again and see you again soon i hope are we breaking for lunch yeah yes. we are <laughs> Thanks again. Talk to you Thank soon. Thank you, sir. Adios. Bye. Go Beavers. Bye. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Podcasting After Dark's exclusive interview series with Peter Jason. And as always, thank you for your support. Imagine being one of the last people on Earth, being trapped alone with something not human. Something always watching. Something always waiting. What would you do? Where would you run? Where would you hide? If you were haunted for seven winters alone. Podcasting After Dark presents Seven Winters Alone. A dystopian haunted house story by David Irons. 
Available now in paperback and ebook.